A home to call your own. An investment property. Two simple ways to provide amazing financial and emotional security for you and your family. It's often one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever have to make. Hello, I'm Christina and welcome to the School of Home Ownership. I love being part of a standard family, but I'm also a multi-property investor, having bought and sold over 50 properties in the last 25 years. During that time, I learned how to make my investments accelerate and how to avoid costly mistakes. Now I know how to reap the benefits of good property decisions. Allow me to take you on a journey that mines the golden nuggets of finance and property insights. Learn the ropes here within the walls of the School of Home Ownership. Hi, I'm Christina and welcome to the School of Home Ownership and welcome to our podcast, Advice Worth Its Weight in Gold. Today we'll be talking about financial consciousness and intentionality with Kathy DeMarcos, who has spoken on our podcast before. Uh, shall I let you explain what you do again? So I'm actually a global business advisor, but my passion really actually stems from financial literacy and really equipping people across the globe to make better choices so that they can have the freedom that they genuinely deserve. <laughs> That's great. And we were talking um, after our first podcast about being conscious and making conscious financial decisions. And it stemmed from um, talking about my husband and I. Uh, and the main story is um, it hit, hit us both that we were different pages financially because I was brought up in a family, uh, probably similar to yours, uh, where there were migrants and we had to budget, we had to make ends meet. So we went well off. Um, they didn't have much money, if any, when they came to Australia. When my husband became redundant and the kids were quite young, I automatically went into budget mode. Whereas my husband, the first thing that he did on his first day off is he went and went shopping and brought all these stuff that I would consider unnecessary and not something if you're on a tight budget. And we started talking with my husband that, um, it, and now that we talk about it, it's 20 years or how many years after that, that it's a very, um, uh, as a middle-class person, he always had money. So mm. there was never any question. It was always going to be there. There wasn't a need to adjust your income, um, you know, your expenses as your income changes. It just was there. He took it for granted. It's, um, it's interesting. My parents were quite different in their approach. So my father... You know, he had open palms. He was a philanthropist. Whatever we had, everybody else had. My mother, on the other hand, she planned. She was, because my father was ill, she was a bread earner. And so everything for her was budgeting, planning for the now, and also for the future. When it came time, I guess, not a dissimilar situation to what you shared, I had actually taken a four-year sabbatical and my husband became redundant and we had a son in private school. So it was instant for me to go back to what needs to take place. But that intentionality is, I think, what makes the difference 
because it isn't just about now, it's forecasting. So I actually said to my husband, what do you actually want to do? Do you want to stay in the industry that you're in? Because he was a mechanic. And he said, no, I want to do something different. So it was interesting that we sat down and I said to him, what do you want to do? What do you love doing? What are you good at? And then actually, genuinely putting a business plan together. Who does that? Because I can tell you the number of businesses that are actually running that don't have business plans is mind-blowing. And so we sat down and not only did we do a, you know, a business plan, but we also budgeted. You know, what did we need to do to maintain you know, our son staying in private schooling? And then what did we want to do moving forward, knowing that I really wasn't going to be working for the next four years. That was the plan, right? And so, you know, when you are conscious and you are intentional about what you want to do, it's never just about that one moment. Just like you, you know, with your husband actually becoming redundant, you went into default mode of what you knew. But that's the problem. Most people haven't actually experienced that. They've not lived it. And so what's their default? And usually it's burying their head in the sand or putting on a facade that things are actually okay. And that's where things start to crumble. And putting that facade is where a lot of issues tend to happen on so many levels, mm. um, not just finances, but you know, like having children. Um, <laughs> we just acknowledge the fact that we couldn't take our children in public places because we had three boys that were hyperactive. And I can see people that um, I go, wow, they can do all that sort of stuff because I couldn't do it. And you mm. realise actually, no, it's hard for everybody, not just me. Um, but I, I think there's a, a couple of points that you touched on. And the first one would be about um, budgeting in the terms of what my mother did. She would actually put, I remember she'd put $20 in a book, like we had mm. libraries or whatever, and that she'd put it, no matter what, $20 went there first. So that was a very interesting, because we find a lot of people will have zero money in their bank account. Whereas my mum's intention is no matter how little you have, you must put some money away mm -hmm. because you never know what's going to happen. And we don't often plan for the um, D-Day or when things go wrong. Um, and uh, we're actually watching Back in Time for Dinner and Back in Time for the Corner Shop. When it goes through the cycles, there is recessions. Mm -hmm. So there's good times and then there's recessions. And what do we do in the good times? Do we put it away? And we, yeah, as, a, as a society, we tend not to do that as well. Um, so that's, that's the first point. The second point that you know brought to my mind is when people haven't had anything, they ha tend to have a lot more compassion mm. and there's a lot more charity. Um, and I think that's an important part. Uh, you know, um, I always was, you know, because I didn't have much, I was always scared, um, but I, I made sure that I always donated money and it's always been a big thing in my family that we donate. And every time I get a pay rise and get more money, I must, you know, mm. I need to give back to the people that don't or are less fortunate. Um, and, and I find that sometimes when we are well off, that we forget that people aren't. Um, and I think it's important to have that compassion and to work with people because sometimes yeah. we're in the good days, it's like, well, everybody's in the good times and we forget that life's not always like that. Yeah. Um, that um, charity piece, you know, sometimes I think people get overwhelmed. They think that they need to do something big for it to mean something, but it doesn't. 
it's the small things and it can be random. You know, every now and then there's somebody actually in the queue behind me and I'll overhear a conversation. And so I'll actually just go, you know what, there's $20 on the tab, whatever they buy, just pay for it. Like I'm, I'm paying for it. And they go, what? And I go, I'm just giving you an extra $20. It's for the person behind me. And if there's anything left over, it can go over, right? So it doesn't need to be anything big. It's your intentionality. It's being conscious. And that actually makes an impact. It changes that person's life, whether you actually hear about it or not. I don't stay around to hear. You know, the impact is already made because the intention for me is actually just to position somebody in a little bit of a better place than where they were. And, you know, when you are actually having a good day, it's okay to do that, right? It's not just about budgeting for yourself. It's also about being conscious about who else is around you and then paying it forward. You know, I'm a big believer in paying it forward, not paying back. Even that change in word has a different psyche about it. You know, I have this concept that when you pay back, it's like you owe somebody something. No, it's actually about showing other people how they can contribute too, right? And so um, it's interesting, one of my very first books, which is Same People, Different Vision, you know, I wrote that with the intention that you can just change the lens in which you do things. And it comes back to that intentionality. What do you want to actually get out of it? And for me, it's always about the win-win. It's never about me win, you lose. If you go into any situation with the intention of, what am I prepared to genuinely give up? Like go right to that end. I can assure you that you'll end up you know, walking out of that just as happy as that other person because you've been prepared to compromise and know where your boundary is right up front and give everything instead of going through that tug of war, right? And so these two words are really critical in the way that we live in society. But it also comes back to that finance part. Be intentionally conscious that you want to understand your numbers that you want to genuinely understand budgeting because most people go, yeah, I, I know you know how much money I earn and I know where I spend. And I can assure you, they don't. Do you know where most people, most women spend money during the pandemic? Oh, yes, I heard this. I, don't, I remember you telling me about it, but feel free. <laughs> on appearances, on cosmetic surgery. It breaks my heart because <laughs> it just breaks my heart. I mean, why would we even think that we're not good enough that, as we are? Um, I know I'm not perfect and I'm quite okay with it, um, mm. but I know I'm seeing younger and younger people doing that. Um, in terms of spending finances, you must have such an uh, excess of finances to spend your money on that when you, when you can make such a difference on other people's lives and even your lives to set you up financially. So I do struggle with that concept. Uh, and not that there's never a temptation, um, but, mm. you know, um, why are we doing this as a culture? Why are we doing this? We've educated women um, to have more than just looks. Um, so, yeah, it, I guess it disappoints me um, to hear that. Um, 
even in you know superannuation, I was actually running a, a workshop on financial literacy, and I said to them, you know, we have a choice to contribute a little bit more. How many of you do? Sure, there are caps, but how many of you actually consider what else you can actually put aside for the future? Because that compounding effect, it's significant, but nobody ever thinks about it. So will you miss $5 a week? I can assure you you don't because you buy more than one coffee a week, right? But that extra $5 a week makes a huge difference when it comes to your retirement. And most people go, oh, that's so far away. Well, the decisions that you make today are going to impact your future, but you need to do it today, right? And so comes back consciousness, intentionality. And, you know, one of the things that I love the most is I actually reference that to sleepwalking. Yes, right? I know. That's my husband's favourite saying, sleepwalking. <laughs> and he, he describes himself as a sleepwalker. Everything's fine. Don't have to worry about it. Mm. Um, and unfortunately, in today's society, with our children and them buying a property, we can't just walk into it. It is a lot of intention, intentionality, if I can say that right, yeah. and a lot of conscious effort to just be directed. Um, you know, we were fortunate in previous generations that the home just came. It was an expectation. Unfortunately, today, it's not. There is a consciousness. And, and even mm. with myself, when I did it, because we weren't from um, an extremely wealthy family, we did it. You know, I hear people saying that I'm just going to give my child, you know, $200,000. You know, we're very fortunate to be able to do that. And, and nor would you, you know, would you not give them some benefit? Um, but I guess the most important skill is to teach people finances. Yeah. I've had somebody actually come to me with finances and apply for a loan and didn't get the concept that they had to earn enough money. It was like one person was working. Mm. Um, and the other person wasn't. And just the, the concept that two people working makes a big difference. Mm. Um, it, it's some of the stuff that I guess I still, you know, I still am getting constantly surprised at how much of a lack of financial literacy there is. Yeah. These are co just common concepts. I also had a person that um, when, you know, when they get married and have children, um, and it's very noble that they want their wife to stay at home. And my mum tried to do that. She would actually work from home as a seamstress, which basically mm. got paid peanuts, yeah. but she, want, she needed to work, but also wanted to be at home. And they did not change their spending. So I saw people in yeah. trouble living off credit because they didn't get the concept that their income had decreased and expenses yeah. weren't. Um, and they had investment property. So you just had to make a choice. We can just sell the investment property and it's a bit more, you know, a bit more freedom to do what we want. It's a very, as we said, conscious intentionality decision, a sit down that you had to think about. So to finish off, I'd like to emphasize the importance of education so that we do things with financial consciousness and intentionality. School of Homeownership is actually providing a course for people to do just that. Again, I'd like to thank Kathy DeMarcos. If you want to find out or contact Kathy, solutions to you. Yep. And of course, you can visit the School of Home Ownership website. We've got some tools, resources, and education that will actually be able to assist you. Thank you.